The Zika virus is primarily transmitted by the bite of an infected Aedes species mosquito. While the effects are usually mild, it can cause serious complications for pregnant women, including pregnancy loss or babies born with microcephaly. So what do we as physicians need to know about the Zika virus? You're listening to Everyday Family Medicine on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Caudill. Joining me today is Dr. Keisha Gaither, a perinatal consultant at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. Dr. Gaither, welcome to ReachMD. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Caudill, for inviting me. Well, I'm, I'm delighted that you're here. Zika is, is all in the news right now, and it's very important that as physicians really know what it is that we're dealing with and what the consequences and side effects of, of Zika infection can be. So can you first start out by explaining to us what exactly is the Zika virus and really what areas of the world are we seeing Zika virus infection? Okay, Zika virus is what's known as an arbovirus, meaning that it's primarily transmitted via an insect, in this case, a mosquito. Um, There are uh, two uh, supposed genus of uh, mosquitoes that the Zika virus is primarily found in. One is the 80 species, of which there are uh, several subspecies, Albopticus, Egypticus, that um, can transmit the virus. The virus has also been associated with another uh, genera of mosquito, the Culex quinquefaciatus, which has been found in specifically Recife, Brazil. Um, The Culex mosquito uh, is endemic to areas in California, southern and western California. However, nothing to date has been noted um, in mosquitoes in those areas, but it's just the Culex uh, quinquefaciatus that's that's noted in um, Brazil. Uh, You asked what areas of the world right now this uh, Zika virus is endemic in. Well, let's start with the United States. Um, Zika has been noted, as we all have heard, in Florida, primarily in the uh, Dade and Miami areas of Florida. It's been noted in Texas. There are some cases there. Throughout the world, Zika has been found in, in parts of Africa, Cape Verde, in the Pacific Islands, like uh, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji Islands. Um, it's found in parts of the Americas, um, such as Brazil, Nicaragua, El Salvador. And also, as we know, Zika is in uh, Puerto Rico. Absolutely. We are. We are seeing it all over. Um, you know, and, and that brings me to the next question, which is about transmission. Can you talk about the different modes of transmission for Zika virus? You know, what are they and, and, and what are we seeing nowadays? Well, transmission is primarily at this juncture by the bite of an infected mosquito. However, uh, we have found that there are other modes. Zika can be transmitted via blood transfusion. If there is a donor that's infected and, you know, wants to donate blood, um, Zika can be found in blood. Zika can be transmitted sexually by all methods of sex, anal, vaginal, um, oral use of infected sex toys. It was once thought that uh, only males would be able to transmit the virus. However, there's uh, 
female um, transmission that has been noted. So it can be male to male, male to female, female to female, female to male. So those are the, the primary um, sources of the manner in which it's been uh, transmitted. Now, we also know that perinatally, it can be transmitted from mother to her unborn child. There have been cases where uh, there's been transmission of the virus during the course of a vaginal delivery. Zika can be found in saliva. Zika can be found, like I said, in blood, in urine, in semen, and Zika can also be found in breast milk. So there are multiple routes of um, transmission that we know of thus far. There is a question as to whether or not at this point there might be an aerosolized way in which it's, it's transmitted, but more to come on that. That's interesting. Um, I actually hadn't heard that. That's, that's very interesting. Um, you know, along with those different modes of transmission, um, can you talk a little bit about symptoms? Um, after our break, we'll talk specifically about pregnant women and um, infants. Um, but if you could speak to symptoms generally uh, that doctors should be looking out for, in patients who might have Zika virus, that would be very helpful. Sure. 80% of the time, the virus infection is asymptomatic. However, when uh, there are symptoms, typically you might see fever, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, non-purulent conjunctivitis. Um, you can have arthralgias, primarily of your hands and your upper extremities. Um, you might have some burning sensation along the palms and soles of your feet. Rarely there are hemorrhagic complications like you would see in dengue uh, infection. And um, occasionally you might have some thrombocytopenia uh, noted with uh, viral infection by Zika. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Everyday Family Medicine on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Jennifer Cardell, and I'm speaking with Dr. Keisha Gaither, a perinatal consultant at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. So let's continue talking about um, Zika virus and pregnant women. Now, we know that Zika virus is of particular concern for pregnant women. It's really important that pregnant women use precautions if they or people they know are traveling to an infected area. But can you discuss some of the ultrasound findings that have been noted in fetuses that have been affected by the Zika virus? Sure. The primary thing that has been noted is microcephaly. And microcephaly is defined as uh, a head circumference that's less than what would be expected for the particular gestational age. And by definition, it should be less than uh, three standard uh, deviations below what would be expected for gestational age. That is primarily the thing that um, we have been seeing. The other thing is distortions of the brain. Either parts of the brain are, have been abnormally formed um, no form at all, um, massive ventricular megaly, uh, cases where the, you know, the brain tissue does not have the, the typical rugated conformations that we typically see. There also may be limb contractures and eye deformities that have been noted in, in uh, pregnant women who, who have uh, the virus. This virus affects the pregnancy throughout all of the three trimesters, and Zika has also been associated with an increased risk of miscarriage. Okay. You know, these are very serious um, potential consequences. So 
you know, what precautionary measures do you recommend that people take if they're traveling to an infected area? Well, if they have the opportunity to not even go to an endemic area, that's the first thing that I would advise. If, you know, they must travel to an endemic area, certainly um, I would advise wearing uh, long-sleeved garments, light colored and I say lightly colored specifically because the uh, 80s mosquito bites during the day and they don't like bright colors so if you're going out during the day please be sure to wear long sleeves and bright colored clothes use your insect repellent those containing beak um, that's been found to be safe for pregnant women um, if you're in an area that um, has a lot of puddles of water and so forth and so on, try and, and keep away from that or or if you're able to get rid of those puddles because that's where the mosquitoes breed. Um, so those are the primary things that I would recommend. If you're in an area that doesn't have air conditioning and you're sleeping with the windows open, try and have a mosquito net around the bed so you're not bitten during naps or what have you. Okay. You know, a question I have for you, actually, um, doctor to doctor, is, you know, what types of things are you seeing with your patients? Are you having a lot of patients that are coming in worried um, and concerned? Are you fielding a lot of travel questions? I'm just trying to get a pulse on what you're seeing in the office. Well, I've actually had a few cases where the patient has tested positive for Zika, and these are uh, people who have come from areas in, in the Latin American countries where it's endemic and, you know, they're, they're coming to the United States and having their first prenatal visit. A lot of patients have asked about travel and there have been quite a few patients who are kind of bordering on hysteria because they've been bitten by a mosquito and they're, you know, they're just frightened and, you know, want to have an ultrasound to make sure their, their baby's head is normal. So it's, it's, I would say, a low simmering of, of hysteria in some cases. Well, this has been you know, very, very helpful uh, and a really good um, primer on Zika and how we need to approach our patients. Um, you know, is there anything else that you would like to add regarding the Zika virus or how we treat patients or um, field questions or, or any of that nature? Well, I would say that for us on the front lines, Um, We are constantly having to keep abreast of uh, updates that are put out by the CDC or by ACOG or by any of the uh, governance of of agencies that predominantly have to contend with maternal uh, child care. So I I would definitely advise um, providers to, to keep abreast of that, and I do that on a daily basis. Um, because it's constantly changing. Um, I would try my best to explain to your patients that, you know, we're, we're learning just as, as along as, as they are learning. Um, hopefully uh, there will be uh, um, rigorous or more definitive testing uh, for the virus, because right now it's, it's, it's a little burdensome to test for it. Um, Prior to probably about three weeks ago, most of the blood samples had to be sent to either the CDC or or local health departments. As of about two weeks ago, there are three labs that um, will 
you can send to have um, testing, and that's LabCorp, Quest, and um, the other one I think is Viracor LBT Laboratories. Those are the three now that I know for sure can you can send to uh, have your specimens tested for Zika. I think that uh, we're at the um, tip of the iceberg with this. I think that there are going to be long-term complications uh, further down the pike, um, and I think there are going to be more cases that are going to be spreading throughout the United States as time goes on. No, I, I understand. I, I agree. I, I do think this issue is definitely unfolding. Um, definitely. Well, I, I really want to thank you. Many thanks to you, Dr. Keisha Gaither, for joining us today at ReachMD. Thank you for having me. It was, it was indeed a pleasure. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudle, and to access this episode and others in the series and to download the ReachMD app, please visit us at ReachMD.com. We encourage you to leave comments and to share this program with your colleagues. Thank you for listening.